The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, Coors Light. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, We're here today to take you through the weekend slate of games, make some locks and picks and dogs, uh, and we'll have a little look at what's happened around MLB this week. And joining me uh, for our Thursday night chat from Houston, Texas, it's Munaf Manji. Munaf, good evening. How are you? Good evening, sir. I know it's been a busy day for you. You were on the mothership with Sean and Ryan talking some ponies. How did that go? Yeah, we've just finished recording the uh, Belmont Stakes Um preview so it's the third leg of the triple crown we nailed the first leg with our 20 to 1 winner who has been subsequently thrown out for steroid abuse but uh (laughs) sean and ryan saying they were nowhere near uh, kentucky at that time and you can't prove a thing um we hit the post a little bit in the preakness uh so we're going to come back strong but the belmont last year was where i first got involved uh with the boys it was um after Lockdown, it was the first sport that came back. Horse yeah. racing, if you remember rightly. Yep. Uh, and Sean and Ryan were frantically looking around for someone who knew what they were talking about. Um, <laughs> and I was a listener. That I was, they were my NFL guys. Uh, yeah. Had been for a couple of years. So I said, I can do some horse racing stuff. And the rest history. And now we're sitting here having having uh, twice a week chats about MLB and all sorts. Um, but they wanted to... Uh, we did a live... Zed run of, of our of our virtual horse take a risk as well. So they were rushing through the real horse racing because they really <laughs> just wanted to talk about the virtual horse racing. Um, but it finished third. It, it picked up some money. So um, I'm claiming lucky charm as well. It's a theme that, number one, that we're a MLB gambling podcast and we're also talking about stu- steroids with baseball players <laughs> and horses. And there, there's a, a theme that's starting to come with us that we're starting to pick uh, dogs that are winning. So... Uh, I think that's going hand in hand, but uh, yeah, definitely check out Malcolm on the big show with Sean and Ryan for the Belmont stakes. And that, uh, you know, you put some articles on the website also, right? Yeah. The Belmont stakes article is up there uh, this week. It's only a, a small field, eight horses, uh, but I've, I've analyzed them all and given my uh, reading of the race and, and picked a one, two, three. So we've got a good record. We've got a really good record in the 12 months I've been doing racing. And uh, the horse racing sack channel's always quite lively as well, especially yeah. on a Saturday afternoon. There's quite a lot of the boys um, they'll have a bit on the English race and there's a couple of Australians in there as well. So mm-hmm. uh, the racing slack channel can be just as vibrant as the MLB one. Good times. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that race. So I'm going to have to go up there and read some of your, your, read your articles and hopefully we can cash again. But uh, I know we have a big show planned for today regarding baseball. So we have some exciting news. I think we'll get to that to the end. But um, what do you say we kick off the show with uh, some baseball talk now? Yeah, so we'll start where we always do, which is our picks from last week. And again, I'll say at the top, we went two and two. Uh, we went one and one each. Um my lock won on 
Oh, I don't even know what day it is, Monday, Tuesday night, possibly. Um, I was really pleased with it. I thought it was an excellent price. Um, mm-hmm. We took a Kidi uh, and the Astros to beat the Red Sox. Um, and I got the price. I actually put it in a parley and got the other one wrong uh, with Auckland, I think it was, to do something. Um, well, it was Auckland and the Mariners and uh, Auckland lost in extras. Um, but I got a really good price. Around about minus 190. I think they were I think they were 10 to 11 uh, around about with, with the book that I used over here, um, which I thought was, was an outstanding price. And it was an absolute no-doubter. Uh, they won the game 11 to 2. Uh, Kiedi performed really well I think it was A-Rod that we faded uh, that might be a, a theme that I come back to later on um, my dog on the other hand went completely the other way um, nearly got out of jail The um, I picked Dylan Cease um, mm. to beat the Indians and Shane Bieber and Cease just wasn't at the races it's been one of the few bad starts he's had this season um, they actually the White Sox loaded the bases in the ninth uh, and nearly got me over the line. But Karinchak, I think it was, held on for the save. He gave up four runs um, and still got the save. Um, and the Indians went 1-6-5. But frankly, um, you've got bad beats and you've got beats where you were never really in it. Uh, and it was only a one-run defeat, but I was I felt like I was never really in that one. Um, so... Kiedi did the biz, Cease didn't, but one and one, um, plodding along. And uh, you did the same thing, Moonaf. You went one and one as well. Yeah, I think both of my picks went off on uh, Tuesday. I had uh, Tyler Glass now going as my lock uh, against the Yankees. Um, and it was a, I think it was a great pitching matchup between those two. Uh, Glass now went seven innings, uh, Domingo Hermine. Five innings, three earned runs, and then Glassnow gave up three earned runs over seven innings. And uh, just bad luck. You know, the Yankees walked it off in the 11th inning there in extra innings. And uh, who was it? I think Clint Frazier hit that two-run home run to to steal, seal the victory for the New York Yankees. Uh, but my dog, it was a big one. I think it was around, I got it at around plus 170 was um, John Gant over the Dodgers. That same night, uh, they got the victory there, three to two. Um, again, you know, a great pitching performance from uh, himself. I believe he went. Uh, let's see, I'm pulling up the box score here. He went six innings, uh, gave up only four hits, uh, zero earned runs, um, and he was going up against David Price. We didn't know who was who was opposite pitcher was going to be because at, at the time we had recorded. We didn't know who was going to be out there. And lo and behold, it was uh, David Price. And he only went an inning in two-thirds. And he gave up uh, two earned runs, five hits. Uh, Cardinals were out to a 2 nothing lead. Dodgers got two back in the seventh. And then they tacked on one more in the ninth. So the Cardinals uh, cashed me a nice little dog there. It's, I think, it's like I said, at the top of the show, it's kind of becoming a theme that we're catching these big dogs. So, uh Hopefully that continues. I think that, you know, it still got me a little profit over uh, over the weekend, or sorry, to begin this week there. So I'm not too mad about it. I'll tell you what appears to be happening is that we're kind of in week uh, or episode 11 or 12 maybe now. Yeah. And um, we've been looking at trends in baseball. Uh, there's now some trends starting to emerge in what, what me and you were up to. Because you've picked Gantt. That might be the third time you've got to Gantt. Um, yeah. I've faded Garrett Cole a couple of times. Um, whenever he's, he's been a huge dog, I've, I've got him. I've faded Jacob DeGrom. And we keep, we keep ending up... Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a hallmark of a gambler, I think. 
um, is that you 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 lean towards somebody who's done you a favour fairly recently. Yeah, uh, Ganston, you a lot of favours. Um, Garrett Cole keeps getting beat for me. Um, so yeah, that's a, there's there's definitely uh, there's definitely we've got some players in timeout, the likes of John Ross, uh, but we've got some players that are uh, that we tend to be siding with a little bit as well. Um, Tally site wise, twenty one and twenty one. Uh, nothing much changes. I'm, I'm, I updated it just an hour ago because I was actually I was one game below five hundred, but I've managed to pick that up tonight, which is why I've added the one <laughs> because because it suits me. So yeah, fair fifty percent this week. I had some decent dogs again though, so um, that'll I need to finish the week strong to get ahead there. Um, is your your tally site been going okay? It almost seems like when we're recording on Thursdays, like I get off to a bad start, like during the day, um, tough, some tough beats, uh, this, uh, from this morning and afternoon. I mean, the, I had the nationals you had the Braves everywhere. You got the victory there. Yankees absolutely laid an egg here tonight. Again, like you talked about, uh, uh, Jared Cole, uh, sorry, Garrett Cole. Again, I had the under in that game and he absolutely just blew it. And I think it was like the fifth and sixth inning. He gave up, I think combined like five runs. Um, and the, and I picked against my Red Sox today and in the last game of that series and they got the victory. And then I think the one I should be able to catch today with the Rockies, but I'm still you yeah. know chugging along here at 18 and 24. Hopefully I can climb back in to the weekend and get back in the black. So, um, I think there have been quite a few like big dogs that have had the opportunity to cash. I, th- I think that's something that we need to, I need to focus more on at least for my tally side picks. And then, I mean, for our lock and dog picks that we've been doing, uh, we've been catching some big dogs here. So I think I need to get more focus on finding some big dogs. I do tend to lean. If I see a price, it's 170 or bigger. It really does draw my attention because you know, it's baseball and you know, anything virtually can anything can happen. We yeah. did. Uh, the, the, we took the Tigers last week against Garrett Cole and and we're going to come on to this later on because it's something and like I say if it's working for you um, you you don't need to go away from it and in mm-hmm. one of my picks I call it, if it's my luck or my dog later on I think it's my dog it's going to follow a similar vein and if I see certainly something starting with a 2 uh, or plus 170 plus 180 I do get really drawn to them just because um, you look at the scores in the morning and you in a slate that might be 14 games, you almost guarantee you've had seven seven favourites and seven dogs have gone in. You've just got to get them the right way around. But if you can pick enough of those big ones up, um, because the, the, those teams have been scrappy as well. The Tigers, the Pirates, um, the Rocky Texas are capable of putting up a load of runs. Um, so it's something I, uh, I, I, I do like looking at. Um, it's the it's the, the ones that are closer together that you have to pay more attention to, but you can almost go blind on those on those bigger dogs unless it's a real a real dog of a picture that you don't like. So, um, when we spoke last Sunday night, the Rays Yankees series was the one uh, that was of most interest to us. Um, yeah. You just talked us through the game where you took uh, Tyler Glasnow the other night, and pretty much as it stands tonight, um, it's as you were we. We haven't learned an awful lot. Um, the Rays won the first game, mm-hmm. um, which was maybe a few alarm bells going. To, if the Rays could have gone three and one or even swept them, um, they would have taken a big uh, a physical and maybe a psychological advantage over over the Yankees. The Yankees hung tough with them, won two series, and then the Rays absolutely battered them tonight. Yeah. Uh, around about 11-2, something like that. So 
Um, we haven't learned an awful lot, which I think the Rays will be perfectly happy with. Yeah, I mean, I think when you when you go into Yankee Stadium and you're able to split the series, especially when it's four games and, you know, you come out of there two and two, I think I think the Rays will take that any day. You know, uh, I know we'll, we'll get to the Rays in a little bit, but we talked about them last week also. But, uh, yeah, I think that, um, like you mentioned, going two and two in a division series is not too bad. Obviously, they would have wanted uh, to get the victory or win the series three games at one or possibly even sweep. But this was a really close series. I mean, take a look at some of the final scores. Like we mentioned on on, on Monday, they got the victory there, but then they had the tough loss when I had Tyler Glass. Now they lost an in extra innings. And then I believe yesterday they only lost by uh, one run, four to three. And then today they went out and took care of business. So, you know, if one of those games went their way, they would be having a different conversation right now. And the Rays would be feeling good about themselves even more. But like we said, you know, going two and two, it's not it, nothing to sweat over. You you got the job done there. Now, you, you know, move on to the next series. Yeah. The other series that's... Um being brought to prominence this week um, is the Chicago Cubs having swept the San Diego, uh, the San Diego Padres. Now, obviously, yeah. the Padres are possibly even the second best team um, in baseball, and the Cubs um, have quietly um, and under the radar made their way to a 32 and 23 record. Um, I've got on record as saying that I may have underestimated them. They're one of, they're one of two or three teams that I was quite low on uh, at the start of the season. But that record's at 582. They've uh, won nine and one of their last 10. And mm. I think this NL Central, we, this is the one we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about because it was, it was wide open. It was, it was one of the few that was maybe a four horse race. Yeah. Um, I think now that's possibly a three-horse race. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, who were five to two at the start of the season, uh, they've dropped away. There, they've got a record of twenty-four and twenty-nine. So the other three teams um, are still tightly packed at the top, and the Cubs now are still they're they're half a point bigger, Munaf, mm. um, or round about the same price actually. I've got a, maybe a, yeah four to one at the start of the season for this division, and they are seven to two. Uh, three and a half to one as it stands now. Um, so is is there a betting angle there for the Cubs? Uh, I'm not sold on this Cubs team uh, for right now. I think you take a look at what they've been able to do over their past two weeks. It's really been led by their pitching. And over the last 15 days, they have an 11 and two record by their starters uh, ERA of 1.54. So they've turned it around on their pitching uh, rotation. But again, I, I guess I want to ask you is, do you believe in this pitching rotation? Because right now I don't, I don't think there's a clear cut number one in this rotation. And without having that ace guy, I don't think that you're going to have much success, you know, as a team that you can have these spurts where it's been, you know, over the, like I just mentioned over the past seven to 15 days, they've turned it around, but I, I I just don't think that there's a clear cut number number one for this team right now, and I think that's probably probably what's going to hold them back in this division. Yeah, the, in the preseason podcast, it was the pitching that I absolutely panned. We got Will Moorman was on the show, um, yeah. and I didn't know he was a Cubs fan, and I said all manner of horrible things about them, and then he piped <laughs> up, "Well, they're they're my team." Um, but 
the the one who's done really well for them is Albert Alzali. He's yeah. kind of come from nowhere. And the our point was with the Cubs pitching that they had this kind of old timey pitching staff. Um Kyle Hendricks, the professor who just paints the corners with his eighty four mile an hour um off speed pitches. And Zach Davis was fairly similar. Jake Arietta wasn't a mile away. Yeah. As it stands now, on roster resource, their fifth starter uh, is Cole Stewart, someone I know absolutely nothing about. And I think that pretty much tells you everything you need to know um, about the about the Cubs. Um, we had them down as winning 80.5 games, 80 and a half games. So pretty much 500, a 500 team. Um, so I can, I can only see a little bit of regression. It does make the market, though, for St. Louis and in Milwaukee um, who are round about similar prices round about 6 to 4 7 to 4 uh, something like that so I still lean Brewers I took the Brewers at 2.4 to 1 uh, start of the season they're not much shorter they're a little bit shorter and what's going to hurt the St. Louis cards is something we're going to talk about now in our injury update um, because uh, Jack Flaherty's gone down yeah with an oblique and Munaf, I'm holding you entirely responsible because you called him out <laughs> last week as uh, as your as your Cy Young winner. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough blow now. I mean, I was so high on this guy. We talked about him last week, and um, it, it's tough to see him to go down, especially him being the ace pitcher of this roster. I believe. Um, did he go on the ten day or did he go on the forty? I'm seeing conflicting reports on. I thought it was just the ten to start with, but obliques aren't great things like for pitchers. Yeah, but nonetheless, I mean, you know, hopefully it's hopefully it is only ten. But again, I think that their pitching will be. They still have John Gant, like we talked about last week, and uh, you know, a couple other guys with uh, Kim in there, and then Wayne Wright's been chugging along. So hopefully it's nothing too serious for um, Jack Flaherty and he's able to get back. But man, that's that's a definitely a tough blow. I think those uh, Cy Young award uh, or Cy Young uh, odds will probably go back up to maybe uh, right around where we talked about maybe a 30 to one or 35 to one. But I'm hoping it's nothing too serious with him. Yeah. Well, blaming you for that. You remember <laughs> I, I, uh, I finished Mike Trout off a few weeks ago. Um tipped him up for the home run crown and he promptly landed on the aisle as well. So that's one all uh, that we've managed to jinx this week. Um, there's a few, I mean, a few minor bits of, of injury news. I think Ramon Laureano for Oakland is quite a big deal. He's not a stellar name. Um, he's up there, but he really is one of their glue guys because he kind of does everything. Um, he feels really well that's what he's uh, he's known for his uh, his outstanding defence mm-hmm. um, but he's got I think he's been betting uh, clean up as well this year he's, he's he's elevated himself up the order where previously you would often be found down at 7 or 8 his plate skills weren't hugely great but he's got 28 RBIs and 8 stolen bases uh, so that's what I mean he's kind of a utility player for them and I think for a team like Oakland um, in that match race with Houston I think Loriano is going to be uh, a big, a big loss for them. Um, the Mariners lost Kyle Lewis and Justin Dunn, and the Mariners didn't need that at all. Um, they had a pretty serviceable outfield: uh, Hanager, Kyle Lewis, and I can't remember the other one. Uh, but beyond that, 
Uh, it might be Kellinick actually, uh, who was out there. So they're fairly, a fairly serviceable outfield, uh, but with a loss of Lewis and Justin Dunn was having a, a, a quietly good season. Um, a big one from the Nationals, Munaf, uh, yep. Steven Strasburg for the second time this season, back to the aisle. We've spoke about him a few times uh, and Washington needs something, but they're not going to get it from Strasburg anytime soon. Yeah, Strasburg's man, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because he, it seems like that he's going on the aisle every single, every single season. And I think this is what his second or third trip back there already this season. So it's just been really difficult for him to stay um, to stay healthy. I think this time he's back with the next strain. I believe it's the same injury that he had as last time um, that uh, landed him on the IL. But um, I hope that, man, I hope they're able to figure it out because I think they had another one of their pitchers that went on the IL. So they're kind of getting thin there. I think uh, Corbin and Scherzer are, are obviously still there. And then Joe Ross, who I've, you know, backed a couple of times and hasn't kind of panned out for me, but you need Steven Strasburg for this rotation because that's going to take a lot of pressure off of Mark Mac, sorry, Max Scherzer and Patrick Corbin to really, you know, carry the load. But when you when you have a guy like Strasburg who was absolutely phenomenal during the World Series run, um, there that's a guy that they're going to need. And hopefully, um, you know, if they need to have him sit out for an extended amount of time and get him right, I think that might just be the answer for this um, Nationals team because it seems like you, as soon as he comes back, he's back on the IL. So hopefully uh, he, he's able to stay healthy because he is one of the more dynamic pitchers for the um, for the Nationals after Scherzer. Yeah, they're, they're currently listed as um, rolling with only four available yeah. starting pitchers. There's a, there's a TBT uh, to be decided uh, for Sunday, June the 6th. So that's Scherzer. Joe Ross, John Lester, and Patrick Corbin. So it's like hugely inspiring. Um, Max Scherzer, actually, there's been some a little bit of trade talk around, about him. I think he's a free agent uh, coming up, earning somewhere in the region of 30 million. Washington have shown they can come back from a slow start. Uh, their World Series, they were way behind at one point early in the season. But um, I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year. In which case, Scherzer might get moved on. Uh, another player who there's been some trade rumours about, uh, but also ended up on the IL this week, was Trevor Story. Um, pretty much Colorado's only serviceable piece at the moment. They've got a couple of young players who will be good uh, in two or three years. Garrett Hampson's done okay and Rymel Tapia. But Trevor Story is, a, is an elite player, um, but landed on the IL with an elbow this week. Um, but I think if teams are looking for looking for a premium bat uh, by the trade deadline. Trevor Story might just be the one, um, especially upcoming free agency for him as well. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that, yeah, like you said, the rumors are starting to start with Trevor Story. And do, do you think it's serious or you think he's just wanting to get out just, of there? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the Rockies have got, at this point, nothing to lose because they've ba- basically lost everything. If they're going to tear it down, they might as well tear the old lot down. And, I mean, the way they let um, Arenado go was absolutely nuts. Uh, this says they've still got Blackman or what have you. Um, but I wouldn't um, blame Story for wanting out of there. I think he's a good player and he can, he can fit straight into a team uh, who were competing. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about how Arenado got out of there. Now I think Nick, Trevor Story might be the next domino to cut off, kind of fall for them. And I think that one of their guys is really starting to come up. I think it goes by the name of, uh, I think it's Randy McMahon or McMahon, something like that. Oh, Ryan McMahon. Yeah, yeah Ryan. There you go. I was in the neighborhood, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's starting to come on a little bit for them. And I think, you know, with Trevor Story, 
I think the when he came up to the leagues, he was absolutely came out on on fire. I think he had like ten or eleven home runs in like in his first some odd amount of games, and he was one of those incredible stories, no pun intended. But um, it'll be interesting <laughs> what his uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting where his uh, his landing spot might be because he's a guy that can you put into any lineup that he will be absolutely a a guy that will really solidify a lineup and really provide some pop for a lineup that may need him. So again, that's something we both will monitor. And then hopefully, you know, we have the trade deadline uh, rumors starting to start, like you mentioned, and, and uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on that for on Trevor's story. Um, the, is the trade market something that the bookmakers will price up in America, Muna? Um, I, I think the MLB is probably the least most exciting trade market as far as like the three or four major sports that we have here. I think obviously NBA is probably number one NFL. The trade rumors are more in the off season. And then the MLB, I think a lot of it is like waiver wires where like we saw where Justin Verlander ended up with the Astros, I think two, three seasons ago where they needed that extra arm. Um, But I think like, like for, for the MLB, I don't, I don't, I really haven't seen it personally myself where the bookmakers have a market for it, but I think something okay. definitely to keep an eye on for us. Yeah, absolutely. That's something, uh, that's the kind of thing that I, that I would enjoy getting my teeth into, but I don't know. I know in the Premier League over here, it is, it's again, it's an off season, but if you know a player's out of contract at the minute, Harry Kane would be a great example. Harry Kane, everyone knows he's leaving Tottenham. Uh, so you could, you could get a bet on where he's going at the minute. One of the Manchester clubs or possibly somewhere in Spain uh, would be the favourites presently. So I don't know if that was something that, uh, that the, the, the US market's priced up. Um, the final bit of something to talk about in the, in the news this week, and this is, Really more of a watching brief, um, something that we might get to talk about a little bit more in the next couple of weeks. Because um, this only came to light really round about in the last 45 minutes for me. Um, and it's sticky stuff. So sticky stuff's always been uh, a prominent talking point in baseball. Yeah. And at the start of the year... Um, MLB said they were going to be cracking down. There was going to be the sticky stuff lab. Oh, we talked about it because they stole the fella's cap last week, didn't they? Uh, they stole Giovanni's hat, which was which yeah. was funny. So we, yeah, so sticky stuff's already had a had a mention. But they were they were going to, they were having a lab. They were sending balls off. It was all very it was all a bit James Bond. Um, but the uh, but MLB this week. Uh, announced there was going to be a crackdown um, and they were being very, very secretive as to what form this crackdown would uh, would take. But I just saw, so I saw a tweet tonight from uh, Max Goldstein, whoever that is, Max Sports Studio, we'll credit him, um, mm-hmm. that Garrett Cole's four-seam fastball tonight had an average spin rate of uh, 2436 RPM, uh, the lowest since, um, his lowest since September of 2018. Uh, and then as that thread's gone down, um, someone's posted the his overall stats. So his forcing fastball has dipped by 125%, and his off-speed stuff is dipped by 78, 77, and 48%. And a lot of people are saying this is in response to um, MLB fired a warning, really, was like, okay, if you're still doing it now, we you will be caught. So... Um, I mean, is there anything in this? Is this conspiracy? Or I think there might be more to come out in the next couple of weeks. I'm I'm quite looking forward to a bit of sticky stuff shenanigans. 
I think it, it happens all across the MLB. It's just uh, the, the question is how well do you hide it from the umpires? And if you're not able to get caught with the substance on you, I think we're going to have to monitor, especially Garrett Cole, because I, I just put up the tweet that you were talking about. And I kind of scrolled down that there's some charts uh, talking about his spin rate and all that good stuff. And today we saw that he got, he got hit pretty well by the race. So I think the next start, we might, that might be something that we both need to keep an eye on. And if, if, um, if he gets hit again and gives up four to five runs, we kind of have an answer to if he has some sticky stuff on him or if it's, uh, or if he doesn't have it on him anymore, that it's affecting his uh, fastball. So, um, you know, it's a matter of, I think that just like, you know, with base stealing and, and, you know, with, with sign stealing and all that good stuff uh, or, or the bad stuff, you can say that it's how well a club is hiding it. We know everybody does it right with, with yeah. the sticky stuff and then the sign stealing. And, you know, we've had former players and come out and say that every club does it. It's just a matter of how well are you doing a job of hiding it? Um, so, uh, especially a, a, a prominent pitcher like Garrett Cole is. Um, it's interesting to see that how it's really going to start affecting him if he's not quote unquote using it anymore. And I think maybe today was day one of him not using it. We're going to, I'm going <laughs> to see what his new like, scheduled start is and I'm going to possibly bet against him in that start. So uh, typically he's always a heavy favorite. So you might be able to get like a, plus 150, plus 170 going the other way against Garrett Cole. So uh, we got to tie it into betting somehow, right? Yeah, we love an angle. Um, I think the other the other uh, high-profile pitcher to watch in this is Trevor Bauer, the, um, the fella who put together initially all the Houston Astros banging stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lad who just went back and he watched every single at-bat. Um, and he put that website up, I think, that kind of broke the story. Mm-hmm. Um He's now obviously got a lot of time on his hands. Um, he's <laughs> looked at Trevor Bauer and has produced the statistics of how many times, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, how many times he goes to his glove uh, when he gets a new ball um, in comparison to how many times he goes to his glove um, when the ball remains in play. So if he throws a strike, gets it back off the pitch or something like that. Yeah. He then he goes to his glove about 20% of the time. But if he gets a new ball off the ump, he goes to his glove about 85% of the time. Um, wow. Exactly, yeah. So this, uh, I don't know what this fella's problem is. Like I quite like his, uh, his bloody-mindedness of it all, but he's exposed <laughs> the Astros and now he's after Trevor Bauer. So watch this space. Um, you picked us out, Moon, off some... Uh, well, you didn't. Uh, the MLB Players of the Month, but uh, it was something you wanted to touch on. The um, at the end of at the end of May, MLB announced their Players of the Month. Yeah, um, and there's a couple of there's a couple of premium bats in there, but the pitchers were both fun names. Yeah, I think no to no surprise, but NL was obviously Fernando Tatis Jr. Had an incredible month. I think to start the season, I think they had the, against the Dodgers. He had like three or four home runs in that series. But he ended the month uh, with a uh, with nine home runs, twenty six RBIs, twenty one home oh, sorry twenty one runs scored, an eight forty two slugging percentage, and a one point two six four OPS. So uh, not surprised there. But I think the one name as he's the batting one, I was surprised to see was how he came on this month was Marcus Simeon uh, for the Blue Jays. You know they got him from the Oakland A's. 
He also had nine home runs, 42 hits in the month of May, 23 runs scored a 1.13 OPS and a 2.3 war. So, you know, congrats to those two guys on players of the month. And I think the two pitchers, you know, one we've talked about at volumes in the national league, but the American league pitcher, I was really surprised to see this was rich Hill of the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, we've talked about how he's a journeyman and he's been with the, the Dodgers and the, the Red Sox and, you know, many other clubs. And now with the Tampa Bay Rays had an incredible month of May, he went three and 1.78 ERA uh, pitched 34 and two thirds inning in that span and had 36 strikeouts. So um, definitely a guy that's really helping the Rays uh, rotation there. And then, then the national league, uh, Kevin Gossman, you know, we, you've backed him a couple of times when we've been making our picks and, We've really been surprised with that San Francisco Giants rotation, and it's been really red, le, uh, led by him. He went at a 5-0 and month of May, 0.73 ERA over those five starts, 37 innings pitched, and 49 strikeouts. So I just wanted to kind of highlight those guys, uh, especially those two pitchers there, because, you know, they've really, really turned it around them for themselves, because especially for Kevin Gosman, who was – I believe he was with the Orioles and he was just not, he, he was one of those pitchers like Matt Harvey. We were talking about fading all the time and, you know, I'm glad to see him now with the giants and able to turn it around. So uh, congrats to all those players on for their uh, player of the month and pitcher of the month awards. Yeah. Obviously um, Fernando Tatis is just an absolute pleasure to watch. Every time you, you watch a game, I don't get to see much Padres with the being on the uh, West Coast. Their games kind of kick off at three a.m. Yeah. Um, but if they if they do play a day game or a, or a series over on the on the other side of the country, um, you you'll, you'll see not a night will go by that you don't see him do something remarkable. Yeah. Um, he's just a really outstanding athlete, um, and he's going to be around for a hell of a long time doing outstanding things. Uh, but yeah, the two the two pitchers are real good news stories. Richel uh, having a having an Indian summer, and Kevin Gosman for the Giants. The Giants are, do, are doing really well in in piecing together these kind of broken pitchers. Um, they've, I mean, they've gone back to the top of their division. We we spoke about baseball kind of realigning itself, maybe, and just settling down that the. the um, Padres and the Dodgers had leapfrogged San Francisco and that would probably be it for the season uh, but San Francisco are back um, they've gone 6-4 and four, which is a better record than the two rivals uh, and they currently have a um, one game lead in that division so yeah uh, hats off to all of those uh, this week's uh, little discussion topic for, for picking a bet out Moon I've as- I suggested to you this afternoon Um the, we could find a parley uh, between the six divisions. There's um, there's a few teams that were at, at minus odds. The Mets are still quite short. The Dodgers are short. The White Sox have gone really short. Um, but there's three divisions as well that are still um, really competitive. So they're the kind of divisions where you can take now a two-team parley. I think we've seen enough mm-hmm. and... And would feel confident enough uh, in taking a two-team parley. So we set ourselves the task of digging out, digging out a couple uh, to to parlay them up. So uh, do you want to go first, Moon off, or do you want me to lay mine out? You go ahead. Okay. So um, the the two I picked we already alluded to it once th- this episode. I picked um, the Houston Astros to go with the Milwaukee Brewers, and that uh, that came out at 4.68 to 1. Um, yep. 
The Astros, we spoke about the uh, their division um, a few weeks ago, and I'm still really quite sweet on them. It's a match race. Uh, between Houston and Oakland. And that's what makes it a price. They're both a shade of odds on. The, they're a shade of minus odds, minus um, 195. But it's, it's a toss of a coin. Um, the other three, uh, Angels aren't very unlikely to make a comeback. Uh, Seattle and Texas just won't. So the Astros have a lead. Uh, sorry, Oakland have a lead on the Astros. Uh, only one game. Yeah. Um, Houston lost tonight. So they might go to a game and a half. Largely irrelevant. But we laid out the reasons why a few weeks ago that I think the Astros are really a knocking bet for that division. Yeah, um, I do think they're they're a standout a standout price there. They're just um, the 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 batting deep. Um, the pitching is coming back. Akidi's come back. And Framba Valdez has been back this week. Yep. Um, I watched Javier pitch tonight. He actually pitched really well, um, even though they lost. So, um, and the the. Is I just I still not really on board. We've just mentioned that Loriano uh, is their glue guy, um, is going to be on the aisle for a little while. And um, Cole Irving, who was someone I actually picked in one of the as a dog, and we got a win out of him in one of the earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of they're kind of onto him now. I think he's now sitting at three and seven. Uh, he's been getting a lot of a lot of um, hard contact. Um, I nearly faded him is one of my is one of my picks for later in the show. Um I think he might still he might still appear somewhere in one of the picks. Um but yeah the Astros the, the A's rotation sorry is doesn't look particularly strong. And I just think all round I think the Astros are a far better bet uh, than the A's at the minute. And uh, so really what's making the price up um is the Brewers mm-hmm. um in that division that we've already touched on. Uh, with the Cubs, we said the pitching, I don't think, can get it done. Uh, St. Louis would be the one. The, the Both teams are around about plus 250, uh, the Brewers and the Cards. Uh, Flatty hurts them. Yep. Um, the Cards batting lineup um, is only ranked 10th uh, in that division. Um, and there's a, few, there's a few underlying stats as well. Uh, the pitching has got a... The ERA is okay, actually. Um, it seems almost artificially high. I think it's 3.6 uh, roundabout. Mm-hmm. And they've got a fairly low strikeout rate. So I think the cards are going to regress. And I'm kind of backing my, my preseason judgment on them as well. And the, they were slated to win 86 and a half games. And I roughly had them at roundabout 79. So all of those things uh, point to the Brewers. The Brewers are currently, um, the record is a, 0.527. So they have they're 29 and 26. So and I think that might even be good enough if they can hang around. I don't think they have to get an awful lot better because I think the Cubs are going to come back and I think St. Louis are going to come back. Cincinnati are nowhere and Pittsburgh are in irrelevance. Um so it would really on the on the weakness uh, of the opposition and the fact that I think we're with some injuries and some underlying metrics uh, pointing a little bit of regression uh, for the Cubs and the Cards. Uh, I think the Brewers represent value and I put them in with Astros who are still, I've kind of fallen in love with that uh, minus 190, 195 about the Astros. So I don't think it'll be there in a month's time. So at 4.68 to 1, that was my pick. It was an Astros-Brewers double. So I know, like I know, we like giving out pop quizzes to each other uh, oh, over no. the course 
You so, say I like blindsiding you. That makes me feel good. <laughs> but I get the fear when you do it to me. I'm not. Happy. No, this is a fun one. I think that I think this is good for for you, for the Astros, and then and and for our listeners also. And it's it's tied to betting. So you know how okay. we, we we talk about um, you know making picks on on the money line, and we've we've never really talked about uh, on the run line, right? And and for yes. for you know some of our listeners that don't know what a run line is, it's usually minus one and a half. So meaning a team has to win by two or more runs. Um, so right now the Astros have 31 wins. How many games do you think that they have won by by exactly one run? Meaning that they won by one zero two one three two whatever. How many of their t- 31 wins? How many do you think have been by one run? That is a great question. Um, now, you see, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit here because I'm looking at the standings um, and their run differential is plus 58. Yeah. Which tells me the answer is not very many. Um, by what? Four. You are correct, sir. Four. Oh! Exactly what do I win? four. I, I had to double check two, three times. I either got five or four, but I'm no, going to go with four. four I can't... You've said it. I came with four like two, three times, but that's pretty incredible to think of that, that 27 of their 31 wins so far this season have come by two runs or more. And and, and when I was looking at the standings, when you were talking about how, 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 how good they are in their division and the A's are, you know, we're expecting them to regress and how their run differential is plus 58 and everybody else in their division, the A's are only plus one, everybody plus one, else. Yeah. Is minus 54, minus 42, minus 42. So quickly just looked at it. And the Astros 27 and four on the run line. That that's just mind-boggling to me. So what does that tell you? So if you like the Astros at night, maybe just take a, a dab, uh, maybe, maybe put some down on the money line. And maybe if you find plus odds on their run line, you might want to, you know, put some uh, a pizza bed or a beer bed down on that because. Like I said, twenty-seven of the thirty-one runs or wins have come on uh, on the run line of two or more. So, um, I think that's our neato stat for for our podcast. What do you think about that? That's an absolute great stat, Moon. I've had a great angle. I absolutely love it. Um, looking at the with the expected win and loss, one more that just leans everything yep. uh, in our favor as well. The expected win loss, which is some sort of Pythagorean thing. Um, so where. And often they're not particularly egregious. Often there'll be um, maybe one game out. Yeah. Uh, they, this the expected win total rather than the actual win total. Auckland at thirty three and twenty five have an expected win loss of twenty nine and twenty nine. So yep. they've won four games that they could reasonably have expected to lose. Um, Houston at thirty one and twenty five is thirty four and twenty two. So they've lost three games that they could reasonably have expected to win. So. Yeah, I know you've got to win them and you've got to lose them and people will point that out to me. Um, but you take those and Houston would then have a five-game lead over Oakland. Yeah. Um, and there's no way they'd be one, minus 195. So that balancing out, which it should, um, obviously these things don't always work out, but everything, everything you look at mm-hmm. just points towards Houston. Absolutely everything. That's why I was happy to lock them in rather than the my uh, uh, Chicago White Sox at um, sort of one to four or a, or a Dodgers or a Mets, one of the short ones. Um, I think Houston are as likely to win, 
if not more likely than a couple of those teams, particularly the Mets, uh, and it's just an outstanding price. So I was happy to lock them in. Uh, and Brewers, the Brewers is the one that makes the that makes the bet for me. Um, what uh, what two did you do? I I took my two first, which limited you then to a choice yeah. of four. I got I got in early while you were busy, uh, so you were you were limited then to to four to choose from. Moonoff, where did you end up? Yeah, I had to go a little chalky for the first one, and and that's going to be Dodgers because I'm a huge guy on on pitching, and especially when we come down to the playoffs, it's it's a matter of how good your bullpen is and how good your starting rotation is, and I think that the Dodgers by far right now in the entire MLB have the best pitching rotation as far as starters with the Padres right behind them. But I would still give the, uh, the advantage to the Dodgers. I mean, when you have, you know, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Trevor Bauer uh, in this, in this rotation, it's going to give fits to a lot of teams in the national league. And, you know, we've seen over the years that Clayton Kershaw has kind of had trouble in, uh, the playoffs, but he kind of got that monkey off of his back this past year when they won the World Series. And now that the monkey's off his back, I think that he's going to, that pressure's off of him so he can go out and pitch even better and, and kind of duplicate what he does in the regular season in the postseason. And then, you know, Walker Bueller, again, that's a guy that I had picked for Cy Young this year and last year, but it, it was kind of a long shot pick, but he's a, he's a great, you know, three guy in this rotation. He could possibly be a two or possibly an ace in some of these other, on some of these other teams. And then obviously, you know, Trevor, Trevor Bauer, we talked about a lot this season, you know, coming off a Cy Young victory or award win last season, being in this rotation really helps. And I think the one guy that they did get back, David Price, I think it's going to take some time for him to kind of get his feet back under him and kind of, you know, get up to speed with the game and, and just kind of get his command and um, in location and all that good stuff back. Because when the Red Sox won their world series a couple of years ago, David price was a very integral part of that uh, rotation. And he was a guy that would start a game and even come out of the bullpen to really help this team out. So I think getting David price also uh, is going to be big for them. And then you take a look at their batting, right? I mean, their their guys are healthy. They got Cody Bellinger back, I believe, yesterday uh, or the night before. We saw the game against uh, the Cardinals where they scored eleven runs in that first inning, and we know what this this wrote, sorry their batting lineup is really capable of. Bellinger came back, hit a grand slam in that first inning. They have an MVP caliber player in Mookie Betts. Um, Justin Turner, they're waiting for Corey Seager to kind of come back. Uh, you have Max Muncy. Those is, so this is a lineup that's really complete. And you have that pitching rotation like I just talked about, and you put those two teams together. This is definitely a champion championship uh, roster that can possibly go out and repeat what they've done. And then, again, with the depth with this team, Austin Barnes, Chris Taylor, Matt Beattie, um, they are, you know, this is a very complete team. For them, this is a fact of being healthy. You take a look at what they've done in division in that NL uh, NL West division so far. They are seventeen and eight against their opponents. So, when you're getting victories against your division opponents, I think that's almost like a double victory where because you're kind of creating that separation in your division. Right now, their projected wins is ninety seven, I believe, for the season. They were, I think, they were hundred plus. Correct, right, Malcolm? Uh, hundred and two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was around 100-203. So. Right now, they're projected at 97 wins. They're 98.4 to make the playoffs. We know they'll uh, make that. But the one statistic that really stood out was from fan graphs, what that were 62.6% to win their division. So that was my first team that I kind of wanted to um, put as one leg of my parlay for the division win. 
Now, the other team that I think that from a pure value standpoint, we talked about this team last week from our Slack channel guys was a team that really had value there. And last week when we talked about them was the Tampa Bay Rays. They were three to one last week. If you kind of look and shop around right now, they're kind of in that plus 150 range, 170 range. So it's almost been chopped in half. They are co-favorites with the Yankees to win that division. And what the thing with the Rays is, is that you kind of look at some of the defensive, and I'm sorry, the the stats that we kind of like to look at with team batting percentage and team ERA and, and those kind of things in war. The, 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 the Rays are nowhere near atop of any of those statistical categories. The thing with this team is, is that they just find a way to win games. Um, their pitching has gotten better. We talked about Rich Hill, how he got AL uh, Pitcher of the Month. They're number five in ERA in the American leagues as as starters ERA. Their bullpen is middle of the pack at number eight. I think the one thing that that's big for the Tampa Bay Rays is that they are getting victories on the road. And we talked about in any sport, for me at least, I kind of define how good of a team that's a, a contender is how well they do on the road. So they're they're one of the best, if not the best road team that are with the record of 20 and nine They have the best run differential in the division with plus 60 that's 20 runs better than the the boston red sox 49 runs better than the yankees they're 15 and 10 in their division and seven and one in interleagues game so they also are very balanced against right-handed pitching and left-handed pitching you know we talked about so some of these teams is that they struggle against maybe left-handed pitching. Now with the Rays, they, they're very balanced. They, they have almost the exact same splits between right-handed pitching and left-handed pitching. So those were my two teams. Because the Dodgers are a little more chalky, mine was only coming out to about plus 250. But if you shop around on some of the books that let you do parlay these type of things, you may be able to get the up to maybe plus 260, possibly plus 275. But those are my two teams that I kind of wanted to uh, uh, parlay together and, and get your thoughts on them. Yeah, I like it. I, the, the Dodgers Padres one is difficult because the, the Padres are quite easy to want to root for, I think. Um, yeah. Bit of a bit of an underdog story, or, or a smaller market team in the shadow, in the shadow of the Dodgers uh, being a powerhouse, um, and they made all those good signings. We've already mentioned Tatis, mm-hmm. um, and and the, there are a lot of fun to watch. And I, it's difficult for me because you, you you I would lean towards you'd lean towards the Padres. It, um, Seven to four at the minute, so plus two seventy-five. And but then you look at the, the stats and what you've what you've laid out, um, and what we knew at the start of the season that the Dodgers at 102 games, the Padres at 94. There was it there was an eight-game difference in there. Um and that's a that is a lot, and nothing we've seen so far um is gonna close the gap. The Dodgers have been uh, the Padres have been competitive. Yeah. Um. And they will go one and two in that division, but that, I don't know if they've got enough to to close that eight game gap um, that was projected. I just think I think the prices should be a little bit closer together, or I would like the prices a little bit closer together. I don't know if I could take the Dodgers at one point four seven. That's yeah. all. Um. Maybe another, but again, that, the bookies aren't stupid. They 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 they're not going to put it up at one point 
1.66 or 1.75 because they know that that that's the the margin that we need to be able to take it. So I think you're, as much as my heart's telling me uh, in the romantic side was to get after the Padres. You are right that the Dodgers are are a, a powerhouse uh, they, and they're getting players back. Um, even the, the the second string players, the likes of um, Chris Taylor, are having. Um, outstanding seasons playing every day at the moment. So I think you're absolutely right. And the Rays, you just you just laid it out, absolutely laid it out, spot on. Um, just about every metric that you go to, uh, the the impressive stats that you listed out. I mean, you talked about the the left-handed um, thing. They, I remember they trotted out a team of entirely um, left-handed batters last year for the first yeah. time, first time in MLB history that a team had gone with. Um, 11 complete not a left hand just to to confound uh, the opposition uh, the defense uh, the defensive war is always absolutely ridiculously good yeah um and that does make a difference you know especially when you see kind of how how average the yankees are um when it comes to to defense and and the pitching as well glass now if rich hill can keep this up uh, the young lad shane McClanahan is pitching really well I think he's only going to get better. Yeah. Um, I was slightly dismissive of Ryan Yarbrough last week. Um, and he actually came out this week and pitched an absolute gem. Yeah. Uh, but just for the first time this week, the uh, the, the odds flip-flopped. And I think we said this exact thing would happen last week, that the the Yankees were around about 71% um, and the Rays were around about 69% for the division. And they've just switched now. The, the Rays have gone 71.1 and the Yankees have gone 69.3. Yep. Um, so just that little four and a half game gap. But yeah, the uh, big difference in the... Let's have a look. What was I looking at? Um, the run differential, um, mm. the expected win loss. There's nothing in that. There's nothing egregious in that that tells you they're going to come back. So, um, you, yeah, you absolutely, you, you laid that out beautifully, Moon, after the race. Um, so I, I was wanting a little bit bigger on the Dodgers, but equally, you said you could shop around it and you probably will find something that's a little bit big, bigger than that 1.47. So, yeah, yeah I'm absolutely all with you, Moon. And I think the last thing for the race I quickly wanted to mention before we move on is that they're still waiting for their prospects to come up They're you know, their top of the uh, prospects to come up. still. so, you know, that might make a big difference for them also uh, whenever they decide to bring them up in, in that lineup. So, um, you know, definitely keep your eye on this AL East race. As much as I wanted to pick the Red Sox, I know you on our show notes, you told me to pick the Red Sox, but um, you know, I'm still kind of worried about their pitching and we kind of saw that, um, how it didn't do so well against the um, the the Astros this week. Uh, they got you know the uh, Martin Perez pitched an absolute gem today for the Red Sox, but it's just how how much are they going to be able to you know really keep up with it throughout the season until uh, it win and if they get Chris Sale back. But uh, I think Rays are the safe uh, value pick at least for the AL East right now. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favourite teams, players and sports games. Generous promos, odds and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. You want that plus money about the Tampa Bay Rays that Moonoff's just talked us to? Double it up with the Dodgers. Nice little parlay. Get across to win bet. Use your $500 bonus. In you go. What do you do when you need a moment to chill? 
How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? Work, friends, family, a million press and social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold, refreshment, made to chill. I watched the Champions League final last Saturday night. I was out with my boys for the first time in ages and ages and ages. Uh, and we sat down and uh, just, I'll tell you what, that first uh, that first Coors Light we had made after a long time was absolutely outstanding. Uh, Coors Light's the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate or commiserate responsibly. We're brought to you also by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA Championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think's fair, then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out teams as the postseason progresses. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased a Montreal Canadian Stanley Cup future for $45 when the team was 3-1 down against the Maple Leafs. A few days later, he flipped it for 600 bucks. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. That's exactly the kind of thing we were just talking about. Uh, we've put up things like the raise at uh, three to one a few weeks ago. Um, that's uh, that's when you can hit props for up now. Uh, if you had a nice chunk on the raise, you can go and sell that now one to five. Get your arbitrage in, uh, and you're in the money moon off. There you go. So, I think the, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, from props up. I think that we had touted the Astros a uh, couple of weeks back, and they were at plus money. Now they're at minus. So. If you get on PropSwap, you may be able to find that Astros ticket also. So definitely check out PropSwap for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so upcoming week, um, it's Thursday night as we're sitting chatting here. So we've got the weekend series to look forward to. Um, I know the one you're going to want to talk about immediately is the Red Sox and the Yankees. Uh, the Dodgers and the Braves stood out just as two traditionally uh, big sides, although the Braves are struggling a little bit at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then the Mets going across to San Diego uh, this weekend, particularly the Saturday night game, which is DeGrom and Musk, uh, Joe Musgrove. But mm-hmm. yeah, Red Sox-Yankees, enough. how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I think this is uh, going to be a fun series. It always is when you know when, you're, when you have these two rivals getting together. Um, obviously, Red Sox took, some, took uh, one on the chin this week against the Astros, losing three out of four. So... They got the victory today, but hopefully that'll carry some momentum going into Yankee Stadium, where we talked about the Yankees at length, who've kind of been struggling here a little bit. I, I'm fortunate for the Red, or sorry, yeah, for the Red Sox that they don't have to face Garrett Cole. But if he doesn't have that sticky stuff, maybe we should have faced them. But uh, <laughs> hopefully they get the series victory here this weekend. Uh, you know, the bats hopefully can come back around. Endeavors always crushes it 
at Yankee Stadium, JD Martinez. So hopefully um they put up some runs there. Uh I only see see Nathan Evaldi going tomorrow. I don't That's see the right, Yankees yeah. listed pitcher yet. Uh, but Michael King, I've got. Well, for tomorrow? Yeah, Michael King. Okay. Um he He went last week. Two... We had talked about him. Yeah, two starts this season. Um got turned over by the Tigers last week when the Tigers yeah. swept them. Yeah. Um, Tigers. 2.86 ERA in his two games. So he's done all right. Not going particularly deep into games. Yeah. Um, but certainly nothing for the Red Sox to be scared of, Munaf. Yeah. And I think the other two that I was interested in also, you already hit the nail on the head. Uh, I think the pitching matchup of the weekend is probably going to be that DeGrom versus uh, Joe Musgrove. And, uh, Astros go uh, are going to face Toronto. Obviously not in Toronto. I believe they're playing in Buffalo. So we may see some runs there. So, yeah, those are – I think we pretty much hit it. Huh? Those were probably the exciting ones for this weekend. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned um, Musgrove and DeGrom, and that leads us nicely into uh, our picks for this weekend because I think you headed to that game, Moon, after your luck. Yeah, uh, Jacob DeGrom versus Joe Musgrove. I'm going to take the under uh, going off on Saturday night, I believe. That number probably should come out at six and a half. I don't think it'll come out at six. I guess it'll be six and a half, but I'm still going to take the under there. I think this whole series will probably be at a premium for runs. I mean, these two pitchers have been stellar all season long. We know what DeGrom can do. His numbers speak for himself. I'm not going to rattle off his numbers. Uh, Joe Musgrove is having a great season. Also, you know, we had that no hitter earlier in the season. Uh, he has a 2.0 ERA, uh, 2.4 ERA at home. Uh, the thing, the two nuggets that kind of stood out for me for this, um, for this series in between these two teams at Padres in home games this season are 17 and 11 to the under. And I believe for sure that DeGrom will be the favorite on Saturday night, opposing Musgrove and the Padres. So in those situations when the New York Mets are the favorites this season, they are 16, 12, and 2 to the under. So a couple of trends there backing up these two pitchers and, and the pick there. So the lock will be DeGrom versus Musgrove uh, under 6.5 on Saturday night. And the dog, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Zach Grinke against the Blue Jays on Friday. He's going up against their ace, Ryu. Uh, Grinke splits. Uh, from home and road this season are a completely night and day difference. For some reason, Grinky is doing really well on the road and has been absolute a trash can at home. No pun intended again. Uh, <laughs> three and zero, oh, three and zero oh this season so far on the road. A one point six four ERA. He did face the Blue Jays earlier this season at Minute Maid Park. He did give up four run runs, but I'm going to back him on the road here. Um, he did have one start against the Blue Jays in 2019. Uh, six shutout innings, but not much relevance there because the lineups turn over so much. But I guess just having that experience against Blue Jays and their style could probably um, benefit him. And I know Ryu's been great at home this season also, but I just kind of like the spot for the Astros carrying their momentum against you know them winning the series, taking three out of four from the Red Sox this week. So my dog should come out grinky. It's probably going to be close to plus 110, maybe 120 or in that range. I've got, yeah, I've got uh, 2.05 here. So, yeah, plus okay. 105. Yeah, so um, slide dog there. Yeah, if I've managed to, um, this late on a, on a Thursday and I, there's, there's one of the one of the books, Bet365 have, have priced that up. Um, it's uh, 2.05. So, yeah, I, I like both of those, Munaf. Um the yeah, look forward to 
catching up with the highlights of that uh, DeGrom and Musgrove thing. Equally, the Mets have found some runs from somewhere this week as well. I'm mm-hmm. not entirely sure how or how, how sustainable it is. Um, so I expect that uh, to regress this week as well. So yep. good luck with both of those. Um, my lock <laughs> is uh, the Yankees to beat the Red Sox on how Saturday. Dare you, sir. I know, sorry. In the show you, uh, right now. <laughs> um, it's really just... A, a fade of Erod more than anything. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Jameson Tyone is pitching for New York, I think he'll actually make this a, a backable price. I wouldn't be putting something up if it was going to be Garrett Cole, maybe mm-hmm. uh, against Erod. But Tyone himself is actually only one and four with a 5.1 ERA this, this season. So the fact that he's having his struggles um, should make this... Uh, a working man's price uh, to take on Eduardo Rodriguez. And I mean, his record's sitting at uh, still five and four. If you look at that on the yeah. face of it, although his, uh, his ERA is high, but um, last month, uh, May that we've just finished, he was one and four with the 7.28 ERA. So yeah. as much as I think the Red Sox will get it done on Friday with Nathan Eovaldi uh, beating King, um, I do think the script will flip on Saturday night and the Yankees will beat the Red Sox. Uh, my dog, uh, the very top of the show, uh, we talked about going back to the well um, on trends or players or teams mm. uh, that we've done okay with uh, this season. And I'm going to take um, Tarek Skubal, Skubal of the Tigers um, against uh, Lucas Giolito and the White Sox. Um, it panned out for me uh, last time out against Garrett Cole. Um, School's been going all right. Um, pitched six scoreless in that game against the Yankees. Uh, didn't get the win. Uh, Detroit had to win that in extras or maybe the ninth, something like that. Um, and I think the Tigers can do can do that again. I actually watched that game and I was quite impressed with how they set about it. They they, they went after Garrett Cole early in the count uh, and attacked him. We'll put the ball in play quite a lot. So they clearly got a bit of a plan. They've been relatively scrappy. Uh, their record's not too bad, 23 and 32. Uh, Lucas Giolito, yeah, five and four, so he is beatable. Uh, 3.73 ERA was absolutely excellent. Uh, last month. So I'm certainly not fading Lucas Giolito in any way, shape or form. 2.84 ERA in his six starts at home uh, this season where they're going to be. But I just think the the Tigers can hang with them uh, and hopefully uh, can be in the game when we get down to innings 7, 8 and 9. We mentioned earlier on that I do get tempted by these big numbers when I see them. Uh, And this will be up there. This will be maybe 170, 180 um, roundabout. Yep. Uh, Yeah, and they they draw me in those big numbers. So uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And I'm going to go back to that well and try and and pick up another big one. Um, I did actually, if I'm allowed, Moonaf, have a a little bonus pick because I just kept getting drawn to this game and I couldn't quite work out um, which way to to take it. And it was Cole Irvin for the A's uh, who go to the Rockies on Saturday night uh, to take Mm -hmm. on Kyle Freeland. And I just know Irvin's fallen apart. I was really happy with him early on in the season. Took him as a dog, got a good win out of him. Um, He's had up four runs in each of his last few starts. Kyle Freeland 
I quite like. Um, I think he's a bit unfortunate to be pitching in Colorado where everything's worth sort of 110 cents in the dollar every time someone puts back to ball. Yeah. Um, he's slowly ramping up. He was injured at the start of the season. He's slowly ramping up, but um, he's always he's got a four and a half ERA, which is about right for Freeland. He's always good for a few runs. Um, I think Cole Irvin will go for a few runs. So I looked at the um, the overs and mm-hmm. possibly even uh, the Rockies and the overs in a little double. Um, you could get I guessing you get those markets in America, Moon, after they price yeah. those the price those up. Yeah. So um Colorado to win in the overs, I could see this easily being something like a an eight six or an eight five. Uh, so the the line might be ten or eleven, uh, but I think the Rockies will win and I think it'll go over. So I'm gonna throw that out as a little bonus just because I couldn't get away from it every time I was looking at the slate. I was uh, my eyes were drawn back to that one. We always take bonus picks and we try to get as much as uh, betting content as we can. So bonus picks are definitely appreciated, sir. But uh, I agree with your picks, man. I, I think uh, especially with, uh, you know, fading the um, Eduardo Rodriguez, he's just been atrocious for for the Red Sox um, so far this season. I, he's been, you know, really brutal in his past couple starts. So now you have to go into Yankee Stadium in a, in a hitter's park, going up against a Yankees lineup that may be wanting to break out. So I think that, um, you may want to possibly also take a look at the Yankees team total for that game. Also that if they're able to, um, you know, put back to ball against Rodriguez, who's really been struggling. I think that's a great call. And then with the Tigers, you know, they're a frisky bunch, man. They, they, they find ways to win. <laughs> They've won four out of their last five swept the Yankees. I don't know if I mentioned that, um, you know, they got, <laughs> they were able to pull out a victory. I think yesterday against the Brewers, um, 10 to seven. So, um, they're batting well, and you know, you never know what happens on any given night. We said that we've hit a couple of big dogs over the past couple of weeks, so uh, I agree with those picks, man. I like them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely parlay our two dogs together because I think our dogs have been doing really well. So, uh, hopefully, we have some good news when we record Sunday night. I know that three and one, four and oh is coming for us, so hopefully, it'll be this weekend. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier on there was some exciting news, Moonaf. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, uh, you know, before when we started this podcast uh, back in what we started in May or end of April there, uh, you and I, and I, we brought on uh, uh, Will Mormon, and I know we're going to have Nick and uh, Will on pretty soon. But uh, when we were recording our podcast, it was going under the Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed, along with a couple other shows that are under that um, under that feed. But now... You and I and SGPN has its own MLB gambling podcast feed, and it's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. So we're here, man. I think uh, you're stuck with me for the long haul now, Malcolm. So uh, I'm gonna. We're gonna have to get you some Red Bull or some some coffee over there for these late nights. But I'm excited. We have our we have our own feed now. Our our episodes will be dropping there. So please make sure to subscribe to our new feed. It's just MLB gambling podcast. You'll see the SGPN uh, letters and logo up there at the top with MLB podcast. So please, please help us out. Um, Subscribe to us, rate us, give us a review. Hopefully it's a good one, a five-star and a, and a nice review. You can talk about how mesmerized you are by Malcolm's uh, Malcolm's accent there. Um, But you know, we're excited and uh, yeah, please make sure to subscribe to us, man. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, I think uh, we'll have to start putting together a glossary of terms or um, uh, 
Geordie to American translation or something like that. Because I know, um, see, Sean and Ryan called me out on it. You're way too polite. And I know when we get off, you must go go away scratching your head at the 35% of words you haven't understood, where Sean and Ryan will just flat out call me out saying, what are you talking about? Um, (laughs) So I think, uh, but that is really exciting. It's nice to be over on Apple. I was showing the kids the Spotify thing before and they think I'm some kind of uh, giant rock star now. They're both a little bit too young to understand that I'm an absolute (laughs) shyster uh but it's nice to see it there and the the artwork looks good and um it's uh, yeah it's gained some traction and i'm really pleased it's been well received um so yeah echoing what moon moon of uh said like and subscribe and rate and do all the things uh that help out with all the other content as well uh, because it won't be two minutes till football season comes around um the is it what's his name rod is it rod who's been putting out the nfl fantasy fantasy content which is a new thing and and i'm a big fantasy guy and like as I said earlier on, this is how I got into um, the SGPN in the first place. They were my go-to guys for NFL. But um, so yeah, loads of new content ramping up all the time. Yep. Uh, Will's been doing some tennis and all sorts. Uh, and now, of course, we've got virtual horse racing. So uh, there's nothing not to like about that. Um, as always, the Tallyside picks on tallyside.com uh, or they are embedded on our website. The DraftKings League, I've been struggling, Moonaf, and it's the rain. The rain keeps doing me in because it's too late at night for me to change my team. I say I p- pick my team now, round yeah. about midnight. The games are starting and you can't get out of it. And then it's the last thing I do before I go to bed. And I keep waking up. I stacked four Marlins on Tuesday or Wednesday night mm-hmm. and I wake up and the Marlins didn't play. Um, so the, the weather has done me no favours the last seven or ten days uh, in the DK League. But uh, head across to the to the Slack channel or our Twitter and we can point you towards the DraftKings League. Uh, we'd play a little nightly winner winner takes. Well, but yeah, I've been making nightly donations basically to that. Uh, so I need to get my, my head back in the game there. I was under the assumption that you don't really sleep. I, you're uh, <laughs> you're working and, and you're doing so much for SGPN with my, with our MLB gambling podcast and the horses. I was just assuming that you just be up all night and making sure your lineups are correct for DK. But uh, I guess you are human then. You are getting some sleep, huh? I can often be found in a car park somewhere, sleeping in the car. That's tend to, that tends to be my go-to thing. So I've just got to go and do this. Uh, and I, yeah, I can easily have a two-hour car nap. That's not a problem. There you go. Uh, I think that's it covered, Moonaf. I think um, so. Thank you very much. It's been another another um, episode where in the week, you think there's not much news this week, you know, I don't know really what we're going to talk about. And then an hour and 20 minutes later, uh, we're still rabbiting on like a couple of old women, like it's great. So we look forward to our bets uh, this weekend, we will debrief and analyse, etc., as we always do on Sunday night. Uh, so enjoy the weekend's games. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, get across to Apple, Spotify, etc. Yep. Um, join us Sunday. We'll see you down the road. Cheers.